Hi guys, my name is Trinity Bop, and this is the first ever episode of Crime Catalyst. Welcome! This is a podcast where I will be talking about true crime stories. I absolutely love true crime. I'm even in a criminology class and a criminal justice class. I never thought that I would be starting a podcast, but a part of me has always wanted to. I just never knew what I wanted to talk about, and true crime just speaks to me, so here I am. (laughs) Honestly, I'm a little obsessed with true crime podcasts. Hopefully, I'll be able to bring some friends on this podcast to talk with me about these stories in the future. In this episode, I will be talking about the absolutely crazy Gemma Barker case and the Gail Newland case. Like, I've never heard stories this crazy. These cases kind of go hand in hand because they're so similar and whenever I do research on one, the other case comes up. Now, I won't always be doing multiple cases in one episode, but since both of these are kind of short and I couldn't find too much information on on either of them, I decided to put them all together since they're very, very similar and just do one episode with them. The first story starts in November of 2009 with a 15-year-old girl, Jessica Sayers. Jessica had a friend who has remained anonymous and was dating a 16-year-old boy named Aaron Lampard. Aaron was outgoing and confident, but he had a tragic backstory. Both his brother and his sister had died. Jessica was so happy to see that her friend was happy and thought that she and Aaron were a great couple. Aaron then got in contact with Jessica on MSN Messenger and set her up with a 17-year-old boy named Luke Jones. She and Luke had messaged each other for a while before they started to date. When she met up with Luke, he was wearing a gray hoodie and a beanie, which kind of covered his face. To me, that feels really suspicious, and I'm not sure how exactly he covered his face so well, but Jessica didn't see anything wrong with it. Jessica said his voice is pretty similar to Aaron's, but she thought that it was true of any teenage boy. On that date, Luke pushed Jessica farther than she was ready for, and he sexually harassed her. Jessica thankfully quickly broke up with Luke and was then messaged by a 16-year-old named Connor McCormack, saying he was a friend of Luke's and wanted to comfort her during her breakup. (laughs) Pretty suspicious if you ask me. Connor McCormack was a rich boy who lived next to Luke and had a twin brother. Their father worked for Simon Cowell, apparently. That's crazy. (laughs) Around the same time, the two girls were friends with a girl named Gemma Barker, who was two years older than both of them. Gemma thought that Connor and Jessica would look cute together and said that they should date. Connor and Jessica became friends and in January of 2010, started dating each other. When they met up, he was wearing a hat, telling Jessica that he suffered from alopecia, which, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's a disease that causes hair loss. Jessica said that Connor spoke like a softly spoken British version of Justin Bieber. Connor dressed in super dry tops and either tracksuit bottoms or skinny jeans. The couple met up once a week for four months. On their second date, they kissed, but Jessica had no reason to believe Connor wasn't who he said he was, 
After meeting up for those four months, Jessica was absolutely fed up with Connor not showing her his face, which, super understandable. That's when Andy McCormack, Connor's twin brother, began messaging Jessica to tell her how happy Connor was to be with her. Andy, along with two of Connor's friends, Harry Sinclair and Jess Bellet, kept talking to Jessica and advised her to continue dating Connor. One night, things got a bit heated after Jessica and Connor had fooled around in bed and had fallen asleep. Jessica woke up and saw that Connor's beanie had slipped off and was horrified at what she saw. Her first thought was that she had been dating her friend's boyfriend, Aaron, the whole time, and he was just pretending to be Connor. Jessica waited three weeks before reporting what happened to the police because she didn't want to let her friend down. Which, I, I get that. Carrying this around led Jessica to be depressed and suicidal, even. And that's so sad, and I feel so bad for this girl. Aaron was then arrested in a park, leading to a strip search that revealed to everyone that Aaron was really a woman, Gemma Barker. When Jessica found out that it had been Gemma the whole time, Jessica was shocked. She felt disgusted and even hated herself for what had happened. Jessica stated, What Gemma has done to me has ruined my whole life. It made me scared and weak. Jessica had no idea that either one of the guys Gemma was posing as could have been a woman. Jessica explained that Gemma is flat-chested, so she never noticed that she had boobs when she and Connor hugged. Gemma spent hours upon hours creating Facebook and MSN Messenger profiles while using real images of other boys from the internet. Even though they had actually met Gemma in person before, because she took them to parties, they were totally fooled when she was pretending to be a boy. Even one of the victim's parents was totally fooled by Gemma, and they had also met Gemma before. When the police found out about what Gemma had been doing, she was charged with two counts of sexual assault. Had either of the victims known who Gemma was, they never would have consented to them being together. Though she didn't have a criminal record, Gemma served 30 months in jail, or two and a half years. Jessica advises teenagers to be careful about who they meet online and not to trust everyone just because they have a Facebook. Catfishing is a very serious thing, and you should always be careful with who you're meeting online. Now, I know it was not that common back in 2009 to be catfished. Well, it probably was common, but, like, not well known. <laughs> you should still be careful. I mean, I know there are things now that there weren't before, like... Uh, reverse image search, and Catfish, the TV show. So there are many things that you can do yourself to make sure that you don't get catfished. This brings me to my next story, Gail Newland's case. This case is really similar to Gemma's case. However, this one, in a lot of ways, is way worse. This story also starts in 2009 when the victim received a friend request on Facebook from a guy named Kai Fortune. Both the victim and Kai were in their 20s. After a while of chatting on Facebook, the two exchanged numbers. 
When they called, the victim said that he sounded like he had a high-pitched voice, and Kai explained that he wasn't blessed with a deep voice. When they would FaceTime, she would always show her face, but he wouldn't, and when she would ask him, he would say he was too nervous and she needed to stop pressuring him. Which, that is a serious, serious red flag. If you're dating somebody online, you need to FaceTime them and see their face before anything gets too serious. In this relationship, Kai had a dog named Gypsy. When they would FaceTime, sometimes Kai would take Gypsy on a walk. Remember the dog. It's an important part. Sometime during the relationship, Kai had talked about a woman that had been in love with Kai and he rejected her. From what I've been able to find out, this woman must have been Gail Newland that he was talking about. Whenever the couple finally met up, Kai had convinced the victim to wear a blindfold during sex. Kai always said that he was, I guess, disfigured from having cancer and from having a procedure that removed a brain tumor. The couple dated for about two years until they were 25 in 2013. When the victim found out the truth, there are a couple things circulating about how she found out. One saying she slipped off her blindfold during sex, and that's how she saw that she was having sex with a woman that was using a strap-on. But the other story is how one day the victim was looking at photos that Kai was tagged in and saw Kai's dog, Gypsy, but Kai was not in the photo. Rather, it was a photo from an account with the name of Gail Newland. That's when she got super suspicious, so she called Kai's number from an unknown number and said, Can I speak to Gail Newland? And that's when Kai said, Speaking. This case didn't go to trial until November of 2015, and Gail Newland was sentenced to eight, eight years in prison on four counts of sexual assault. But in July of 2016, there was a retrial that removed one count of sexual assault and was sentenced to six and a half years in prison. Gail is also not allowed to use any device that can connect to the internet for the safety of others. Gail is still in prison to this day. Honestly... This whole thing is so crazy and so awful, and both cases are essentially catfishing taken one step further. Again, be careful with who you're meeting online. I saw this video online with one woman and three men talking about this case, and the woman was the only one talking about how this is sexual assault, and it's wrong, and disgusting, but the guys are talking about how it might be wrong, but Gail doesn't deserve jail time, and it's not criminal, and they wouldn't care if it happened to them, and how the victim consented no matter what, because she agreed to be blindfolded. It was crazy to me. I 100% believe that it's sexual assault. She did not consent to being with a woman, and Gail definitely deserves the sentence that she got. Thank you so much for tuning in to the first ever episode of Crime Catalyst. I know this episode is a bit shorter than I'd like, well, more than a bit, a lot. <laughs> but if you like this episode and want to be notified on when I post more episodes, go ahead and give the podcast a follow. 
If you'd like to suggest some true crime stories, you can message me on Twitter or Instagram. My Twitter is it's Trinity with three Ys and an underscore. So essentially, I-T-S-T-R-I-N-I-T-Y-Y-Y underscore. And my Instagram is it's period Trinity with three Ys underscore. I-T-S period T-R-I-N-I-T-Y-Y-Y underscore. I should probably make a Twitter or Facebook group or something dedicated to my, for this podcast, but we'll see how it goes. My name is Trinity Bop, and I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye!